Money Bosses, Anna is here, and welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. I am on vacation this week, but I still wanted to drop an episode for you because I had something interesting, something new that I've never done before. I'm actually going to share with you an interview that I did with a fellow podcaster, Mr. Lynch, from the Mystifying Money Podcast. She's also a certified financial planner just like me, so you get not only one, but two for the price of one. So there, I think you're going to like it. So we're talking about the world of parenthood, all the exciting and the messy things that happen, and finances. So we'll combine these two topics and, and really have an awesome conversation. So here's some things that we cover in our discussion. How, and both of us, Misty and I both are business owners. So the conversation really started around once you have kids, right? And once you expand your family, you're a business owner, how does that evolve? What do you do? How do you take, how much maternity leave time can you afford? How much time off can you afford? What does the care, child care options look like after you're done? How do we structure finances now that we have a new family, a new spending plan perhaps? Education savings, everybody knows the big gorilla in the room is to save for our kids' education. We talk about how to keep track of our money as we grow the family and as well as one of my favorite topics is when do we have a money date? And finally, things like insurance coverage and much, much more. So tune in. I know you're going to have a lot of fun. And let me know what you think and if you have any follow-up questions. I am on vacation this week. As I mentioned, we're going to wonderful Hawaii for a much-needed vacation. It's been so long that I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I do remember. It was before Liam was born. <laughs> We've had a vacation in the past three years. Liam is almost three, but um, we have not been to Hawaii in this while. So, but anyway, tune in, let me know what you think. And until next time, remember you are the bosses of your own money. You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging, but in 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shurgunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together, but just don't quite know how? I am with you, I've been there, I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my Money Flow system, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this 
free playbook. You will never have to worry about budgeting, and who likes that budgeting thing anyway? You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free Money Flow Playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less five or five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's podcast. I am joined by my friend, Anna Sergunina, and she is the CEO of Main Street Financial Planning and the host of the Money Boss podcast. She's also a friend and a fellow female fee-only financial planner, and there are not that many of us. So I'm very happy to have her on the show. Since the last time we met in person, she was not a mom, but now she has a a boy mom. And I wanted to talk today about uh, the cost of the childcare costs and things that new parents can think about as they plan for the baby. If you're having a COVID baby, or if you are somebody who really, you know, is planning on having children in the future, hopefully this, um, this episode will help you out. So thank you so much, Anna, for joining me today. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me over, Miss Dan. Yes, that's true. Last time we met, um, it was very different for me personally, for sure. I know your kids are a little bit older, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so my son is two and a half and it's been really full uh, two and a half years. <laughs> So yes, yes, no. And a lot of the, you know, a lot of my listeners, you know, they're, they're business owners or they're, they're working. And so I think a lot of times it's, you know, people are trying to figure out how they can manage it all, how to balance things if they want to, you know, have children, adopt all of these questions pop up. And it just seems like there maybe never will be enough time or enough money. And I think that that's definitely, you know, something that would cause people maybe to, to be concerned, but I really don't think you're ever going to have enough time or enough money, but I still think it's completely manageable and, but it does require some planning and some budgeting, which can certainly help in these situations. So, um, how did your business, how did your life change when you first had your son, um, as you know, as a CEO of a company? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. You know, um, a lot of these things that you are told before you have your first, you know, first child, and it's, it's hard to believe, like, you know, it's, it's how, um, it's just how you kind of evolve with all of it. And so I waited a little bit longer to have, uh, to expand our family. And so by then I already had a business and, you know, a team that, um, I was, um, quite comfortable to leave, right, for the maternity uh, leave and, and be confident that they will take care not only of, you know, of the clients that I was working with, because that was a quite of a transition, especially for an advisor, right? Um, and you know, those of you who are listening, and if you work with an advisor, um, that's the kind of trans- transition, right, you go through. And then also, when I came back, right, there was a transition as well. So team taking care of the clients and as well as taking care of the rest of the business. So um, it, it it is probably now that I'm talking about it, it, it looking back, it seems like it's, it, it's just you know, was so much, so, so, so easy to do or so smooth to do. Uh, but as I was going through it, of course, I remember like, I, uh, I think probably for the first three or four weeks, 
of when Liam was born, I, I really like literally did not work. Like I didn't open my emails. I didn't do anything. But then I started to have these, you know, worries and concerns. And so, but yet it, it's just more of, you know, things you have in your head and internal thoughts. Um, but I knew that, you know, things were in place and, and I had a team, but I, I pretty, I started working pretty early, just even with the with the unlimited maternity leave policy I could have for myself, right, as a business owner. Um, yeah. But yet, um, it wasn't. It wasn't so much about okay. You have to. You have to go back to make money, which is not, as you know, Mister. You working with clients as well. Not you know the situation for a lot of people. You have to go back, and because there's the financial constraint, and that's really I think one of the first like real conversations for anyone to have when you're planning to have a child, or as you're you know if you're like already quite there, like how are you going to manage that? that time off and what can you really afford? Yeah, I think it's so important. And I think sometimes, you know, the leave policies, I know I was still in corporate when I had um, my children and um, the, the amount of time that I would have off, I believe was six weeks for an uncomplicated delivery, which I had, and it was not enough for me, but I did plan really far in advance. It, it, took, it took a while for, for me to actually get pregnant. So I kind of had it in my mind but um, to see how many weeks I could take off and to really kind of study the policies that were in place for me to take advantage of them because it, it, is, um, it is unfortunate how short some or non-existent paid maternity leave is out there. So I do think it is really important for during, you know, all of the planning that I see people do with planning the registry and planning the, you know, all of the details to really kind of focus in on that, that piece of it. Um, and I did, I read, a, uh, I read an article that said in 2020, the cost of raising a baby from birth to 18 is an average of $233,610. $233, and that's for a middle income family, not including college. So that number mm -hmm. can seem, you know, alarmingly high, but I do think a lot of times um, parts of that money might be really, especially, you know, you live in California and I'm in Massachusetts, it's for childcare costs in the beginning. Were there any things that you did to, um, to, you know, to cover co childcare costs or did you actually, um, did you have childcare in your home? How did you, how did you manage that with your business? Yeah. And that's very true. And it's a good question, you know, aside from like figuring out what, you know, what, how much time you're going to take off. Um, the next big question is like what the childcare would be. So I, um, we ended up, uh, uh, staying well I ended up staying at home almost six months uh, or meaning I was available right and, and I had help probably like months four my mom came to help um, and then at six months Liam started uh, daycare so like by then I was mentally ready to to go back to work um, so and yeah so basically for the first six months right I was not working um, and then I didn't have any daycare. So like in my mind, when I was looking at that scenario, right? And it really, I, I thought it was gonna go back to work a lot sooner um, than that. But in my mind, that was the justification I had. It's like, okay, if I'm not working, then maybe that's the savings we have for the daycare costs. Cause they're definitely gigantic um, in, in this California market. Um, and yeah. so that's, um, my husband took some time off too. So like, I, I, and I see this also with clients, like you try to stagger the time off you have or the vacations, right? So yes, of course, initially you may want to have both of you there because it's such a, such a special time. Um, but then as things start to get back to normal, um, like, you know, finding, you know, staggering those vacation days or sick days, um, 
And, and yes, if you're in a state, I'm not sure if Massachusetts has this, California has a, 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 like a paid family um, yep, plan that, you know, it's not very much, but you know, that's still something that in case your employer doesn't provide it or you for your business owner, you probably have to reserve some funds yeah. for that, um, for that aside. Yeah. And when we were looking at childcare costs and I'm, I, you know, I, I remember responding to an article with a reporter because uh, she was talking about childcare costs. And I mentioned that we had hired a nanny um, and she dismissed it, that that was for the super wealthy. That was not the target of the article, but actually looking at the cost for two children in, um, in daycare, where I live in my area, and my kids were 20 months apart. So they were still basically babies almost at the same time. And um, it actually costs less to have somebody, you know, come to our home, which was great because my husband was working remotely. So he was always around and we really only needed 20 to 30 hours a week to, to really get, you know, a good amount of work done. And, you know, it did, it worked well for our family. So I think with that, it, it's definitely not a one size fits all with childcare. And I do think it's important to explore different options where you live. Um, you know, and some people have family around, some people don't. So I think that, you know, doing visits, I visited a few places, I looked at all the different costs and then finally landed on, you know, this woman that we actually, you know, and I kind of love supporting small businesses and women, and this was really her first mm -hmm. new small business. And so um, I think it's really important for people to look at that. And do you also have your clients look at different types of accounts for, um, for dependent care and for, um, you know, for, you know, savings for those type of expenses with children? We do. That's a common conversation you would have with with the family who's expecting or just had their you know their first child or maybe their additional. So yeah, I mean definitely consider the dependent care um, uh, flexible spending account for dependent care use. Um, I think it's five thousand dollars still for 2021 um, in terms of a contribution, and they change um, because that greatly helps. I mean here in the Bay Area, like. $2,500 is probably the, the average cost for, for daycare for a child under two, right? And that's where like the most costly years. And um, I've never hired a nanny, so not, don't have like a reference point for that. But, um, you know, if you just have $5,000 going into that account, it helps reduce some taxes, right? So we're looking for, uh, for additional savings. Um, a lot of conversations starts, or I'd love to have conversations with clients around, okay, so you have this child and, you know, especially like when the, when the newborn phase is like starting, starts to wear off, like, like let's look at reality. Um, everybody talks about college being crazy expensive. So um, what resources are we going to pull in? Are we going to, uh, first of all, like the big question is, obviously when your child is one or two months old or you know even when they're five it's still hard to say like what college are they going to go to right right but questions to think about, like okay well what, what are your um, ideas around what kind of college you want them to go to what does your spouse think um you know what did you what did your family do did you like in my case for example for yuri and i yuri had a full you know full tuition scholarship he did not have to pay for college. He did not have student loans coming out, right? So his ideas are still centered around that, even though, believe me, me being the planner in the family, we did start the 529 <laughs> plan pretty quick. <laughs> and that's for, for saving for college. For me, it was different. My family didn't have a lot of resources. I had to go out and take student loans. So I sort of feel like, well, you know, that was a good teaching lesson for me as a young adult, right? To be responsible. So like getting on the same page 
with your significant other about what is it that you want to to save for because it's easy to say hey you need to get a 529 college plan mm, yes but because the biggest question we'll have to answer for you as financial planners is well what are we saving for in terms of amounts and what can you afford right um, at the end of the day so i like i'd like to start that because it may take you some time to figure that out um, but don't take too much time because the time is what we need, especially for this gigantic cost of, of education. Yeah, I agree. And that was definitely something, you know, and when you mentioned the conversations between you and your spouse, I had the same, you know, I had um, no money set aside for me to go to college. So basically I went to, you know, UConn, you know, state school where I was, you know, in state tuition. And, you know, I took some loans and grants and was kind of trying to figure out how to, how to fund this on my own. And um, I think that, you know, my husband's experience was college was paid for for him. And so when we had the kids, it wasn't such a pressing issue to start saving for college. Um, and I felt like knowing myself, I will try to help them when they get to that point, if the money's there or not. And I see this with a lot of my clients because I can see how they are, you know, generous in other ways, or maybe they just, you know, couldn't imagine not helping. And so I think I started, oh gosh, I started their 529s probably when they were eight weeks old with $25, mm -hmm. like coming out of my checking account, like I think bi-weekly. Now that seems like nothing. And I think as most young parents will realize that's what you spend, like the moment your foot steps into Target, but really over time, and now they're, you know, they're seven and eight. I mean, there's over $10,000 in each of their accounts just because of the way you can do so much with so much less. Um, if you're just consistent and you start and you have time on your side. So I think that's definitely something. Look at what your state has too. Different states offer different savings vehicles. Some have great ones in state. Some don't have any benefits at all tax-wise. But I do think that that's a great thing. I also it does lead me to another question I have with you about communication. Because you mentioned it with your team as you were planning maternity leave and you know with your spouse about college. But how important do you think communication is between you know, to future parents when it comes to all of these financial issues that they maybe don't talk about all the time. Oh my gosh. Yes. I can't, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough, but it's, it's like, it's hard because a lot of times like you get stuck in the moment and there's just so many, like there's so many emotions that come out. Right. And that's great. Like it's all these feelings you get as a new parent and, and, and these things you want to do. I don't know if women feel it more or women tend to be more emotional about things. Um, and therefore, right, because a lot, most of money decisions are tied into our emotions. And especially when you have this, right, this child in your hands, you're like, I'm going to do anything in the world for, for them, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore, you're going to yes. buy anything, right? And so like, there's definitely, um, there were times and I still have those times, right? Those moments, like it's not even a question whether we can afford it or not. It is something like Liam needs and I just, you know, just get it. So we do have, you know, from time to time and I practice this for us, you know, in terms of conversations um, around our finances, we have uh, regular money dates. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it mm -hmm. sounds sophisticated, but it's really more like a, a conversation or we know there's a time when we can have a, you know, a relaxed conversation about how things are, where, you know, where everything is, is at. Are we staying on target with our goals? So at the same time, this could be incorporated in the discussion about, right, like 
what how how are things are with you know where are we spending money for for this child are we saving you know for the targets like we talked about the 529 accounts or whatever else it is so um i and that also may depend on your personality i'm more of a person that asks a lot of questions and you know like like in this discussions you may not be that way right you may be more reserved and you leave it to your significant other but i i believe that transparency is the game in in this all of this and in you know to get everybody on the happy page um i think that's the way to go yeah and it can be so difficult and i think that's where we can add some value is asking a lot of different questions with our clients especially when it is hard like this could be a very difficult subject, or you might say, they're just going to say no, because in your mind, you already had a conversation with them and the worst possible scenario is kind of presented to yourself. So I do think that I've, I've noticed that sometimes it, it helps to talk with people and this could be helpful for your spouse too. Um, you know, anyone listening is to just kind of figure out what your common goals are, even if they're not financially related. Like I know that my husband and I both value safety. Um, and we also value health and, you know, staying healthy. And so when things like swimming lessons come up for the kid, it's a no brainer. It, it, we're just going to do it because it really just aligns with the way both of us agree we should be spending our money, you know, and like, he might want to get like really fancy sneakers for Natalie. And I'm like, she's going to be a size 12 for about two minutes. So it doesn't line up so much. So he uses, kind, we use kind of like, uh, you know, we, there's certain things that are fine over a certain amount. We might kind of discuss it, but then there's other things. And if they really line up, like if you know you're going to save for education or both of you are graduates of a certain school and you just are like, we just know that this is going to be a legacy. Um, or if you love sports, I mean, that can eat up a huge amount of cash flow is just spending, you know, on kids sports and dance and all of these things. So I think it's important to make sure that, you know, both of you are kind of in line with what really, really matters. And it can make things so much easier. When you talk to people about, you know, expensive, you know, where they're actually going to start spending money from a cash flow perspective, do you have any tips for people on how they can actually try to plan for their future budget? I know they might think, okay, takeout's going to be gone, or I mean, restaurants or bars or whatever, but what are some other ways that you think that um, people can, can really kind of figure out their new budget going forward? Yeah, and it's a big question for sure, um, as you kind of get settled in um, with with the new family expenses, because you first of all, you don't know for a while, right, like you anticipate, you're going to have these costs and six months later, right, if you if you're like, in my family, all of a sudden, you have this like $2,500 bill showed up on your on your doorstep um so i i like to um i'm i'm not a big budget person um and that's just mm -hmm. you know a quite different for a financial planner but i do like to look at the spending and trends yeah. um and so mm -hmm. i pick up a lot of personally um so i pick up a lot of uh, you know ideas and and if something is really um off uh, we i mean maybe it's just in my family or i mean i'm sure others can figure this out too but we've kind of set in a certain lifestyle, right? Even now I look back at the last two and a half years and it progressed too, right? Like there were what I would refer like big purchases or like pops and spending because maybe we needed to buy more clothes for Liam or maybe we needed to buy, I don't know, whatever baby gear stuff um, we had to have, right? But, but I always kind of start with looking at what is your trends and what do you spend for like the basic needs? And so adjusting or having a couple of categories for, you know, baby related items, right? It could be the daycare 
being one of them. I also factored in like the actual 529 savings that we're doing is that like in my mind, that's an expense that comes out of our overall pay, right? We get a paycheck, we got to allocate the funds to that. So it's almost like a bill um, that has to get paid. So looking at that for, for a while, right? I use Mint. I'm a longtime user of mint.com. It's an app you can get on your phone. It's free. Um, or you can, you know, you can use it on, on any web browser. It allows you to track what's happening. So if you're still having, you know, still expecting uh, or planning for a baby, like maybe this is a good time to start looking at all of the expenses and income at the same time for both, right? If you have your finances jointly to see where things are, like, you know, are you really truly spending all that money at Target, as Misty mentioned, because that's where, you know, we tend to, or Costco, like Costco's the biggest yeah. <laughs> line item yep. on, our, on our, you know, um, sheet, because like we buy a lot of stuff at Costco and it's not all groceries or whatever, right? Household items. So mm -hmm. look for trends because that's going to be one of the, the, the indications that something is happening or something is off. Um, I know that some, some Misty, um, I'm not sure what you do with your clients in terms of like the actual budgeting items, but some like to look at this like on the, you know, more frequent basis. So like in my money date, um, date conversations I mentioned, we look at that. I mean, it's pretty easy to pull up an app on the phone and say, okay, what's, what's happening? This is not only like from the spending perspective, but also like, okay, you know, our accounts are up in values or, you know, there's like all of a sudden there's like a credit card balance, like, well, what did you buy? Right, like is that is that all kind of fits in? So it's a little bit more um, loose for us in terms of like the the, the structure, uh, but but I do pay attention a lot to like is something off? Or, you know what's what's not aligned with where we're supposed to be? Yeah, I think that yeah, and we I'm very similar. You know, I kind of get a sense of how much it costs for my clients to be them. And if it's a lot of money, that's fine. If it's very, you know, if they're very conservative and not big spenders, then that's fine too. It really doesn't, there is no like amount you need to save to have a child. But I do think it's important to bring awareness to where money's coming from and going, especially if you're going to have changes in employment or you're going to have, you know, new costs. And then if you're just aware of certain things, like if you, you know, are spending money on a gym that you don't go to, or you haven't, you know, canceled cable, even though you don't watch it, then I think it's kind of when people have awareness, they almost start to make decisions on their own. Like, oh yeah, I should stop. I don't want that. Or that's not important. Or, oh my goodness, that's so much at Costco or on food. And then they just kind of sense it. But I really just set up kind of guardrails. Like I use a different tool, um, my financial planning software that kind of just has like a budget. And so if I go over, you know, like if I get a notification that I went over in food, but we were hosting Thanksgiving, then it's normal. I'm just aware of it. You know, it's there to kind of let me know or with clothing or shopping. And, you know, so if those things happen before school or whatever, it's okay. You know, it's just kind of always being conscious of where the money is and where it's going. And yeah, making sure that there, you know, if there's any sudden changes or any big expenses or new expenses that you just kind of um, don't feel so shocked or, you know, thrown off when you, when you really, and a lot of people just could, could use a little bit more awareness around, you know, the money because it is very easy to spend. <laughs> so I agree. No, it's, it doesn't have to be all. And I think a lot of our clients also realize too, is um, you don't have to spend, spend hours and hours on it. Right. And, and worried about this, but like getting ideas and if something is off addressing it. Right. And so that's, I think that's the key too. You can look yeah. at these trends or set notifications, but if you never do anything about it, that's not good. 
<laughs> yeah. Like if you consistently get like fees or charges that are really just, you know, not doing benefiting anybody, but a bank or a credit card company, then I think it's, you know, okay, how can we automate things? How, you know, if you're paying late or you're busy or you don't know what month it is because your baby is three months old and not sleeping, you know, kind of how you can kind of set yourself up to be in a better position by maybe using some of those tools to your advantage. Like those types of tools like Mint or even um, setting up auto pay <laughs> to keep yourself from forgetting, you know, what, what you're doing and having those unnecessary fees and charges. And one of the other costs that I saw um, was that the cost of a, of a non-complicated, you know, normal delivery um, is an average of $14,063 in the U.S. And California, it was $26,380, just $10,000 for the room and board because it's California. It's California. So, if you have health insurance, like how important is it to really understand like what you have for insurance? And um, if you don't have insurance as a, you know, as someone who's about to have how to, you know, focus on securing that. Yeah. I, I think the first kind of like uh, sort of thought here, you, you could get insurance, right? Like that's the Obamacare um, yes. that, that made, made it widely possible for everybody to get insured. So there's going to be some, some kind of insurance. It may not be the greatest coverage in the world, but it's going to at least provide some coverage. So I don't think you need to worry about that. In terms of cost, like we were lucky enough that our plan covered, you know, we had very little out-of-pocket cost, mm -hmm. um, which again, we talked a little bit about earlier, um, saving uh, pre-tax dollars and flexible spending account. Um, so you could do something similar either in FSA for healthcare, or if you have a high deductible health insurance plan, you can save uh, funds for, for out-of-pocket expenses, right, um, in, in that type of account, so health savings account. So um, I, I think aside from like looking at how much time you're taking off, you know, what to take care of will be, like that's the very first, uh, one of the very first things uh, to look at. I think the for a majority of uh, at least, you know, in our case, it was it was not a big deal. We didn't have a whole lot of out-of-pocket expenses. Um, but where I did run into some issues was afterwards. And that's kind of like the word of caution for everybody to think about is making sure that you actually um, right, add your child to your plan. Just because you delivered the child does not automatically add them to your health insurance plan. Yes, they're covered in the first 30 days, right? Because that's still kind of considered like to be um, the, under the umbrella of a parent plan. And at the time, Yuri and I happened to have two, two separate plans that were the same, but we just had two separate policies. Um, so I didn't realize, right, come months too, when you go for your checkup appointment, it's like, well, your child doesn't have insurance. Like, what do you mean? Or, you know, they're not officially added to the plan. So that cost me quite a bit of money for, um, for, for additional premiums because it wasn't done properly. So I, again, thank God we had the health savings plan because both of us had high deductible plans. And that's probably one of the things to, to keep in mind. If you're pretty healthy, young individual, it doesn't matter if you have babies, right? Like most of those costs are covered. That's the, 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 the standard policies. You probably could benefit from having a high deductible plan, but better be prepared to have the funds to pay the high deductibles when, you know, or the, the deductible when it, the time comes. So like that was the case for us, like we had the plan, um, I scaled it back 
um, afterwards, but we had the like the on the scale like the bronze, silver, and then gold. We had the bronze because they were needed to use a doctor. And so um, you know, once you have a child, then those things change um, quite a bit. So I I definitely benefited from having funds aside in the health savings account. But more of the challenge for us was like that, you know, a bit of a snafu with not having Liam on, on my insurance plan, just because I assumed he was going to be added because he was my baby. And that's the, the first month was covered. It was all great. So um, yeah, make sure you do call the insurance company. And the, the, I think the biggest challenge was I didn't double check. Like I just didn't check to make sure it was 100% done. So it was a bit of a, you know, me not checking it, you're not sleeping enough. And so like all of that stuff. And it's like, wow, we don't have a coverage for this child. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's something that we, you know, it with healthcare costs and things like that, it's not always common sense, especially when we think, okay, well, we, you know, we have a new baby, they covered the delivery. Wouldn't they know that, that you know, these costs would be just add them, but you do have to make sure that you add them. Same for things, you know, like, um, if you, you know, if you're looking and you have a high deductible policy and like pretty routine visits, definitely the high deductible could save you money. If you have a child who maybe has some more intense needs or you're doing more frequent trips to the doctor for you or for the baby, then, you know, definitely see what benefits you the most. And I think there are tools and resources and even people who work with these insurance companies that can actually help you figure out the most out of pocket that you could possibly pay in like a worst case scenario. And sometimes it's really good to um, not just roll into the plan that you were in every single year and really use that benefit time to make sure that you have enough, you know, if the right health insurance, life insurance, if you have it available at work and things like that to, to make sure that your family is getting all the benefits because you're paying for them. <laughs> it's just it's making right. sure that it's definitely yeah. the right ones for you. Um, all right. Well, this has been super helpful. And I know that we may never feel financially ready, but I think everything that we can do ahead of time will help us prepare. Any other last minute money saving tips for either new parents, existing parents, people who are thinking about being parents in the future? Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I think I want to add to all of what we discussed is for everyone to think about, you know, your own financial goals, your own, you know, retirement being a big one or financial independence or financial freedom, however you want to think of it. Because yes, um, it's, it's such an exciting phase um, of having kids and expending your family, but they're going to grow up. And we see this, like I see this a lot with clients that I work with, the kids grow up and they leave your nest egg. And then it's going to be right. You reaching towards whatever it is that you've been planning for. So in the midst of all of this, I want you not to forget about the fact that you should still continue saving in your, for your own you know, goals. Um, and it's like a lot of the stuff you have to do at the same time. Like there's not a priority. Saving for your kid's education is a priority. Saving for your own retirement is also a priority. So which one do you pick? You pick both and you focus on, you know, on both at the same time. So don't lose the time, right? Just because, you know, you're a new parent and, and going through this phase. And it's hard. I know it's easier said than done. But as a, you know, as a friendly reminder, kind of keep the focus on the long term because, gosh, the time just goes by so fast, even the two and a half years. Oh, I know it certainly does. And I think that's a great, that's a great tip because it is easy to say, okay, the baby is the most present loudest thing right now in my life. And it gets all the attention because that's just how our brains work. But it is so important because you do not want to be a financial burden on that precious little baby when he's 40 years old. So I think trying to keep those things in mind, even if you have to start small 
or you have to dial up and down the amount that you're um, putting towards your separate goals. I think making sure that you keep them going is the most important part. How can people reach you or follow you in if they have more questions or if they'd love to hear more about you and your services or even just follow you online? Yes, totally. Thanks. Um, so definitely tune in. It's same platforms you're listening to. I uh, missed this uh, uh, podcast. Mine is Money Boss. Um, I have show uh, episodes coming out three times a week. If you're interested to see what we do for our clients in the financial planning realm, uh, my website is MainStreetPlanning.com. And you can connect with me on Instagram. That's the most active platform for me at the moment. And that is my first name, Anna, number eight in the middle in my last name, S-E-R-G-U-N-I-N-A. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I hope that this was helpful. If you are a new parent or if you have any new parents in your life, please share this episode and head over to mistylynch.com if you want to take a look at how you can manage all of your competing financial goals. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone, uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.